Today's episode is brought to you by King Realty and Management Incorporated, a full-service residential real estate brokerage with a multi-generational approach. Are you looking to invest in real estate here in Texas? Or better yet, are you looking to sell your home? Be sure to contact King Realty and Management. Visit kingrealtytx.com slash podcast. Millennial versus Machine, how I got someone else to pay off my student loan debt and how you can do the same thing. Let's jump right into today's conversation. Hey again, it's Courtney here with Millennial versus Machine. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of our podcast. Before we get started, make sure you visit me at millennialvsmachine.com. The link is also in the show notes. If you have any questions about what I talk about on this podcast or just want my professional or personal opinion on um, on different deals or different things that you are looking to do in order to get somebody else to pay off your student loan debt, make sure you contact me there. There's a whole form. Messages go directly to me, and I'd love to be a resource to you guys. So today we're talking about OPM, and it's not OPP, <laughs> but almost, I guess. <laughs> um, OPM stands for Other People's Money. And especially in the investment world, this is a big thing. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I am really big on reading, um, making sure I educate myself. And um, especially in my college days, and actually more so after my college days, to be honest with you, um, I dove right into a lot of Robert Kiyosaki's books. Um, He talks a lot about investing and leveraging yourself and all of that good stuff. Um, Really knowledgeable and would be considered like an expert or a guru um, related to real estate investing. So um, I definitely encourage you to check out some of his works. Um, He has a whole Rich Dad series, which is phenomenal. Um, Super easy to read, easy to understand, and uh, inspiring for sure if you're looking to get started with what I'm teaching as well. So um, he talks about the importance of financial intelligence, and the fundamentals of good debt, and OPM, other people's money. Now, why I'm bringing this up is because I know you're probably thinking, well, Courtney, you started to share a little bit about this opportunity to buy this house, okay? How the heck did you buy it, right? You're thinking, I'm in college, or, you know, I don't have a huge income. There's no way I could buy a property. That is an assumption. That is an assumption that I strongly recommend that people don't do or don't have. The fact of the matter is if you are not a mortgage lender or, um, you know, I guess if you don't have experience doing this, how do you know? How can you make that assumption, right? Um, so, so that's why I wanted to dive into uh, other people's money, OPM, before I finished the rest of the story about what I did with the opportunity that I had on that property. 
um, which I mentioned in the previous episode. So make sure you check that out if you haven't listened to it already. Then more of this will make sense, right? So he explains that good debt is any debt that puts money back in your pocket. Credit card debt, not really good debt because you use it, it doesn't really generate money for you, right? It says, uh, he says, good debt is also a type of OPM and also a type of other people's money. OPM is another strategy where you put other people's money to work to increase your overall return on investment. And I apologize, those are actually my words (laughs) that I'm reading from the book, Millennial Versus Machine, which is available on Amazon, so make sure you visit our website. So let me read that again. He, meaning Robert Kiyosaki, explains that good debt is any debt that puts money back in your pocket. Good debt is also a type of OPM. OPM is another strategy where you put other people's money to work to increase your overall return on investment. Now, the concept of OPM was actually first introduced in the 1700s um, in a book called The Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith. It is essentially what banks do every day with the money that you have sitting in there. They use your and my and other people's money to lend out at higher interest rates to earn more. At the end of the day, that is what student loan lenders are doing as well. So in in the last episode, I talked about the profit that the student loan lenders um, and even the government is making on our backs, right? On all the people that have student loans, they're making money. And as a matter of fact, I'm actually going to pull up uh, a couple of articles. Now, the data is all over the place. Um, So when I did like some research to see, okay, how much is the government really making on student loans? The numbers are all over the place. So I tried to just look at the most reputable um, outlets, news outlets, and um, encourage you, obviously, go do your research, okay? Okay. So there's a USA Today article. It's linked in the show notes. It does talk about in 2013, the government profited $41.3 billion, That's with a B. $41.3 billion in the fiscal year of 2013 from student loans. <laughs> um, there was another article that um, said that Closer to like 2016, 2017, it was maybe $2 billion. Again, do your research. This podcast is not necessarily about that. But the fact of the matter is they're using other people's money to make a profit. Kind of like what I'm suggesting in, in, in my book, right? So I will link those articles in the show notes. But... The other question that I had in researching this is, okay, obviously the question was um, how much is the U.S. government profiting, okay? Question number two I had was, well, where are they getting this money? So we know that there's private loans, and then we also know that there's federal loans. So based on my very limited reading, I'll be honest with you guys, I wasn't trying to get all up in that because it's kind of dense reading. (laughs) Um... But the federal loans, I mean, we know the treasury and stuff prints money like whenever, I guess, whenever, uh, according to different economic um, 
conditions. I'm not an expert on government printing money. But we know that the U.S. government is in massive debt. So I wouldn't be surprised if the money that they're lending to us as students is coming from the money that they borrowed from another country or whoever at a lower interest rate. I mean, that, that would make the most sense to me. Now, one thing, going back to one of those articles, um, one thing that it did say, which is interesting, they make more money off of graduate uh, student loans versus undergraduate student loans. That is interesting. I didn't even think about that. I, I didn't know that because I didn't go to graduate school. Um, you heard my story in the last episode. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so, so they're using OPM to lend to students. Students are paying it back and they're turning a profit. That's leverage, guys. So let's talk about what I do, right? Because I started off with my first property, that opportunity that I described to you um, back in 2011 and then sold it in 2013. Well, that was a loan. It was a conventional loan through a traditional lender, right? I had the credit score and I wanted to leverage my credit score and it only required a very small amount of money down. We'll get into the nuts and bolts in the next episode. Um, but that's, I, I, I wanted to leverage myself. I wanted to use other people's money to generate a profit. So that's what Robert Kiyosaki is talking about, good debt, right? It's the debt that you take out that's going to turn a profit or generate revenue for you. So in this case, I got a mortgage and I rented the property out. And I took the rent that I was giving, getting from the tenant to pay the mortgage and got a profit off of that. I would say that's OPM. <laughs> and guys, so that was 2013. Consistently from 2013 to now, which is, again, we're towards the end of 2019, going into 2020, I've done it time and time again. So, so it, it's just, in, in my opinion, it's smart, right? Um, and, and so, I mean, Robert Kiyosaki and many investors think of it that way. So as I write, as we speak, am looking to purchase another property, I know you're like, wait, how are you doing this, Courtney? Well, there's a lot of different ways, okay? So I bought a property um, in the Houston area back in August of 2019, and I, I went the conventional route with a traditional mortgage um, with the 20% down, and I'm cash flowing easily, I believe it's about $560 a month. That's OPM. Um in my journey right now to bring to you guys a real-time example of what I'm teaching in the book, I'm actually using a line of credit. So for all my listeners out there, let's say you don't have student loans. Let's say, let's say you don't even have um, a child that's college-aged, right? I want to really drive this home. You can do a couple of things to prepare for your future child if they go to college or whatever, um, and leverage yourself 
the, the same way that I did. So for example, if you are an individual who has a child that is not yet college aged, right? You could potentially use this same method to buy a property using other people's money, using a mortgage, a, tradi a traditional mortgage. And I'll, I'll kind of explain what I mean when I say traditional. Using a traditional mortgage to generate the cash flow and then you stack, stack all of that cash or you reinvest that cash. I mean, there's just so many different things that you can do, which I will talk about more in a later episode. Um, let's say you have a line of credit, right? For me, um, I have a company line of credit for King Realty. I also have a personal line of credit. And I got those lines of credit when I didn't need them and, um, and don't really use them, to be honest with you. Um, but that's something that my dad told me. He said, you know, why don't you get a line of credit just to have it, right? Um, again, it's, it's an easy way to leverage yourself. So that line of credit is other people's money. And if I want to take that OPM and drop it on an investment opportunity, I can. And I just, I just looked this up like two weeks ago. I've had these lines for a little while now. One of the lines of credit that I have, 5.25% interest, which is so low. The other one that I have is not quite that low. I think the other one is like maybe 13% interest. Um, so use going the line of credit route is an option to leverage yourself, to use OPM, to capitalize on an opportunity. Right. Um, and, and we, there's a lot of details like that we could get into. I'm, I'm not going to get into those details yet because again, I'm trying to build up and really take you logically step-by-step step through this process. So why not use the same tactics that this machine is using to stick it to them. You know what I mean? So this machine is using OPM to earn a profit. You can use OPM to pay the machine and turn a profit. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I get, I get a little bit excited when I talk about this because Again, guys, from the start of this podcast, I've said, you do not have to be a victim or a victim of student loan debt. You don't have to be totally tied down, right? And, and let's, say, let's say you are listening to this and you are a college student now. In some upcoming episodes, I'm going to talk to you about how you can prepare even now. So maybe right now you're in college, you don't really have established credit, uh, maybe you don't have that much money saved. No problem. There are still things that you can do to prepare. As a matter of fact, there's one in particular that comes to mind first. I do talk about it in the book. I'm going to talk about it in some future episodes where we talk about the pre-work, what you need to do in order, in order to prepare yourself to use OPM, to capitalize on these opportunities and to have somebody else pay off this student loan debt. So, um, it's something that my dad actually told me halfway through my freshman year of college, he told me this. So you're going to have to stay tuned. I'm going to, I'm going to hit that on another episode. Okay. 
So um, in sum, opium is not a bad thing. It's a way to leverage yourself. A lot of people, a lot of wealthy people leverage themselves, right? Um, they leverage the cash that they do have um, by getting mortgages um, with a certain percentage down, right? And having their asset produce a return on investment. Their asset could be a residential home, could be a condo, could be a commercial property. I mean, there's so many different things, but the, the point of the episode is you take this, you leverage yourself, use other people's money to generate more money for yourself or your family, whatever. Now for me, for example, the, the properties that I do have right now, um, they generate a cash flow and even though I don't have student loan debt, I can use that cash flow wherever I, I see fit, right? So if I have a car note, I can use the cash flow to pay the car note. That's taking an asset and using your asset to pay off a liability, okay? That's no different than using the cash flow to pay off student loan debt, using the cash flow to make principal-only payments on my personal mortgage, I mean, there's just so many different opportunities and, and so, so many different things. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll tell you something. Um, I listen to a lot of different awesome podcasts. And if you want to know what those are, keep listening because I will reference them. And, or you can just ask me. Um, maybe send me a DM on Instagram or go to our website. Um, but one of them in particular talked about really understanding your current debt situation. We're going to get into this more in a later episode. I can't remember which episode this will be, um, but I will talk about the pre-work that you need to do to understand where you are at this present moment before you actually dive into using other people's money, uh, before you actually start looking for other people's money to use, right? So we'll talk a little bit more about that, but I actually did it for myself where I um, listed out my debts, listed out all the interest rates, all the minimum monthly payments, right? Um, and there's some awesome like online tools that uh, will show you if you make certain extra payments per month or per year, whatever, um, you can pay things off. Like for example, I have a mortgage on my primary home. So I ran the numbers. Okay, how many extra payments do I have to make a year to really make a dent in paying this house off? So um, we'll, get, we'll get a little bit more into that. I, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But um, the point is, if you don't know about OPM, I strongly recommend that you do your own research to learn about it. Um, it like I said, it's been something that people have done since the 1700s. Our government is doing it. Banks are doing it. While the banks are paying us on a puny savings account, they're paying us, what, 1% or something? I don't even know. Um, they're lending it out for 8%, and that's their profit, that that interest, in, in the 7% the interest, basically. So um, that's the concept and, and so I wanted to make sure I ded dedicated a episode just for OPM so you guys can have a better understanding of um, what they're doing with the student loan process and how we can use the same thing to stick it to the man. 
<laughs> I feel like a renegade. I'm just kidding. So I say make sure you educate yourself. And if you need some book recommendations on that, I have a ton. Let me know. Amazon is a great resource for that too. And uh, on the next episode, I'm going to have a special guest with me. I'm going to pick back up where I left off in episode two, where we were talking about my opportunity, my first opportunity when I was like 21. And um, my special guest is going to talk all about the opportunity with me. And, uh, and I'm super excited to share it with you. So I hope you guys have a great rest of the day. For more information, please visit millennialvsmachine.com. And there's more resources um, for you guys. Of course, you can buy the book at that website as well, Millennial Versus Machine. So literally, as you read the book, you can listen to me and uh, it'll kind of give you a deeper level of what I talk about in the book. And it's live. It's audio. Who doesn't want to you know, hear that. <laughs> so enjoy the rest of your day. I will talk to you guys next week. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to continue the conversation, be sure to visit CourtneyMKing.com slash community. And oh, by the way, please subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. And so would your peeps who are looking to get out of student loan debt. Until next time.